somewhere around, it's funny, I think we joked about this, you and I, but like somewhere around what I refer to lightly as my midlife crisis, which was like 32 or something. <laughs> it was really <laughs> early. <not> <laughs> um, I, I just remember feeling um, like there was something, there was just something funny going on. And I would start getting feedback from people's bodies and just kind of rolling with it. And it all started when uh, my dear friend, Karen Kennedy, um, started working with me doing really phenomenal craniosacral therapy work. Okay. And at, as I was working with her and her hands, suddenly my hands could pick up completely different things in people's bodies. Mm. And that just happened. That wasn't me. <laughs> you know, I was just like, oh, now there's this. Welcome to this episode of Zen Mom in the Attic. This is um, our new episodes around the everyday guru. And these are people just like you and I walking this earth that are making a difference in how we light up inside so we can shine out and help each other along the path. And just that question of curiosity that we have about why people do what they do and what lights them up and, you know, learning about our journeys in a relatable way so we can learn and grow. And so I'm really excited to have someone that I care greatly about on the show today who has just been, I've watched her evolve and we've become friends and I'm just excited to get to know her even a little bit more today. Um, and that's Erin Sepik. Hi, Erin. Hello, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's such it's a delight. Great. And I was in preparation for this sort of reflecting on you know, when I met you, and I think it was when I first came to you um, as a patient for some chiropractic care when I was having a low back issue. Right. Gosh, I don't know, that was probably at least 10 or 12 years ago. Um, and what an incredible experience from a um, receiving perspective. And I know we're going to dive into that a little bit today. But I know when I met Erin, um, well, that she had an interesting story and was just, I don't know, I just felt like such a deep healer in you from the moment that I met you. And I didn't really know why I hadn't even done my deep diving on all of this. I don't think yet. Um, but what I received from you was far more than an adjustment. Um, it was such a comprehensive, wholesome approach to care. And so uh, such high value and quality that I know you bring to everything that you give. And so that means a lot. Thank you. That yeah, means so much well, coming from you. That's a big deal. Well, um, it was a big deal to like intersect with you in life. And then, you know, over the years we've connected on and off both in and out of the office and just to get to know and watch your journey and you share so much. I know when you were adjusting me at times <laughs> it hits and you'd sort of be sharing these little nuggets. And I hope to dig a little deeper into what that's like for you as a practitioner today and um, sure. yeah so we have so much to talk about and you know knowing a little bit of your history as an athlete and how you got on your path I'd like to know more about it and I know first of all I want to say that um, I had the gift of going out on your sailboat last fall Yay. yeah big smile that just lights you up inside <laughs> it's so bad it's like it's like fluorescent you know football stadium yeah. yeah I don't know I still don't know why I know it's not my first time on boats but it's like you know 
You're loving it. It approaches mania at times. I have to like ground myself a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Is it part about just being on the but water, do you think? I think it's mostly about being on the water. Yeah. I love sailing, but it's I think I think it's actually mostly about just being there. Yeah. I know. I love the water, even though it's fluid and it's water, it's where I often feel the most grounded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a book. I know I haven't read The Blue Zones, but I feel like I know what the book is all about. Yeah. Um, but there's another book called Blue Mind, which a friend of mine recommended, and I still haven't read it yet, but it's it's very much, I guess, along those similar lines, like why are humans drawn to the water? And why is like blood pressure on the beach? Like any, any beach community has like lower blood pressure than like the city, you know? Yeah. And they, they go through like on along the water, like all around the world, they go through all of these, you know, theories, data that, you know, about why it is that we're so drawn and I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to reading it. Yeah. Oh, nice. But I yeah. know. I'd like to check that out too. Yeah. 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 So, um, and here we are today though, having this conversation and I don't know where you want to start, but maybe just like sharing a little bit about who you, who you are and right. maybe even how you started to get into, um, your first entrance into um, the kind of work first, you do, your profession. The first field. I think that has a nice ring to it. Yeah, um, yeah I, um, I had, I think I was growing up in Kingston, Ontario. Um, I'm the first born of three and I was definitely an athlete in high school, but I think it was 10th grade. I got, um, I was sitting in the back seat and then we got rear-ended my family. Oh. Um, and my head hit the rear windshield because I've been six feet tall since I was like 11 years old. So the rear windshield in the sedan, I had sort of like hit it there and kind of was crunched a little bit. So my dad didn't hesitate. He brought me in to see his chiropractor. And then, he, of course, he picked up a whole bunch of other issues, probably saved me from bunion surgery in my 20s by, by what he did to like correct my gait and, you know, put me in some good supportive shoes at the time. And suddenly my knee pen went away and like all this stuff. Okay. So I decided I'm going to be a chiropractor in high school because Dr. Carl is just the poo. And, um, and he was also like one of the happiest people I'd ever met. Mm. And his wife practiced with him. Also very happy, slightly less manic, but like just so deeply fulfilled and passionate and positive. And like, even the people when they, they were both triathletes full time. So they'd alternate between practice days and training. And nice. racing days. Yeah. So they seem to have like the perfect life. And, <laughs> and anytime they went away for like a big triathlon in Hawaii or whatever, whoever came to cover the practice was equally, hmm. um, I don't know, I guess I would say powerful. And everybody was powerful in different ways, but there was always a positivity. There was always like a depth that you could feel and always a warmth. Mm. And I remember thinking, huh, well, yeah, I definitely want to do this, you know? Yeah, that's very and, cool. I didn't realize you were so young. Yeah, so I, I ended up getting into college and going, I was um, competing in track and field. And for some reason, I think my mom was kind of attached at the time to uh, me getting, you know, being an MD. Mm. Uh, more traditional allopath and I was like ah sure it's because I knew the coursework was the same in undergrad so it didn't I was like oh sure <laughs> but then oh yeah I was like I'll let you think that whatever um I adore my mom we we're very very tight but we joke yeah. about this a lot so and then I hurt myself uh in January at UVM my freshman year so I moved into this country I didn't have 
a job. I couldn't work. I didn't really know what was going on yet. And I didn't have any health insurance, which is all way less complicated in, in Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I had a bad release on a 30 pound hammer that I was throwing and I kind of released it and felt the middle of my back just sort of crunch. Mm. And um, I was like, Oh, and suddenly I couldn't really turn my head. (laughs) I was like, I'm going to need to go see a chiropractor. So I went to go see a chiropractor who, who was closest um, Dr. Francis Smith, who's great on uh, Pearl street in Burlington. Just like I could limp, I could limp across, you know, Redstone campus. Yeah. um, And he was wonderful. It fixed me right up. And then I found out that I did have health insurance and cause I was a full scholarship athlete and I knew a lot of friends who were full scholarship and different teams. So, um, anyways, I ended up seeing him for the rest of my career there. So that was, you know, three and a half seasons, um, years. And I had been really sick in the fall and I not really sick, but like constantly sick, like yeah. constant flus and colds and whatever. Okay. And, um, and it was fine, but it was annoying, you know? And I just figured that some of it was the dorm food, some of it was the chem lab, some of it was, you know, training as hard as I was. And who knew? I don't know. Yeah. Um, And then I started getting adjusted after January when I hurt myself. And every two weeks, he would just tune me up. And I didn't realize until after April when the whole, you know, campus closes down, you move off campus and there's nobody left but like us and the level cross team that I hadn't sniffled since January. Mm. and had a single sniffle and I remember being like wait a minute and I took like a week to like think about any other change because I it's one of those freshman year you're you're taking chem one and two in the same year and bio one and two and like you know all the labs were the same I hadn't moved I hadn't changed my diet I hadn't you know I was now competing instead of just training but I was definitely still training so there was no I remember being like holy smokes, like, what does this mean? Like, yeah, I thought chiropractic was for back pain. And, mm. and from that, at that point, I was just like, mom, I got to go to chiro school. I need to figure yeah. out why this works. I don't, yeah. I don't understand it. And my wonderful chiropractor at the time couldn't explain it to me either. Mm. <laughs> he just wasn't surprised at all. He was like, yeah, man, happens all the time. <laughs> and I remember yeah. thinking, I need to know why. Yeah. So I came at chiropractic from a very left brain place, from a very intellectual Sure. you know, clinical angle and, um, being very young, new in practice, coming back to Vermont as soon as I could. Um, it was, it was very similar, you know, practicing from a very loving, but like do to do to do very linear, you know, yeah. these are all the things I know. How do we put them together in a way that is going to fit your individual piece and like give you all the tools you need so that you don't really need me. Um, and that's sort of the way that I practiced. Um, and then somewhere around, it's funny. I think we joked about this, you and I, but like somewhere around what I refer to lightly as my midlife crisis, which was like 32 or something. (laughs) It was really (laughs) early. (laughs) Um, I, I just remember feeling, um, like there was something, there was just something funny going on. And I would start getting feedback from people's bodies and just kind of rolling with it. And it all started when uh, my dear friend, Karen Kennedy, um, started working with me doing really phenomenal craniosacral therapy work. Okay. And as I was working with her and her hands, suddenly my hands could pick up completely different things in people's bodies. Mm -hmm. And that just happened. That wasn't me (laughs) when, you know, I was just like, oh, now there's this. And I remember at one point, go ahead. 
Well, I just wonder if you can elaborate on what, what those messages were or what I, yeah, no, I wish I could elaborate more on the, that's hard. Yeah. What it feels like. But, um, when you, when you have sort of a, a subtle body, a subtle body body work session. Yeah. <laughs> you you have a chance to sink into your tissues a little more deeply mm. or a lot more deeply mm. and you can reach you can access um different types of information and sometimes a lot of information about where you're at about like what the body part is actually trying to tell you cuz if you it's almost like you open a door and then, and then you get the messages, <laughs> whether that part of your body is ticked or, you know, pleading with you or just mildly annoyed or whatever. Um, and that's what I sort of started feeling. Suddenly, suddenly I was, I had this door open mm. from being worked on that I now had at my, not at my like trained disposal. I just suddenly was right. able, able to like access that information. And um, I think that the freakiest thing. pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, CFT is a remarkable healing modality and one that I, I trust completely. Like any of my patients who want to, who come from CST or who want like a dedicated CST session and like, it was never covered by insurance. So they're going to go, you know, I'm like, Oh yeah, go see this person or this person or these people yeah. are all awesome. So, it's so safe. Yeah. Can you, I mean, it sits apart from chiropractic care. Yeah. So the only reason that I did cranial adjusting and a lot of chiropractors do, I wouldn't say nowhere near most chiropractors. It's, it's a pretty small subset, okay. but because I was a pediatric specialist, um, starting back in grad school, um, I learned cranials from a more traditional place. And then I learned them more deeply from an applied kinesiologic approach. So I did a lot of cranial work, but I didn't, I didn't do it in the CST way. And once I, learned the CST way, um, never having been certified, just having had this thing open up, having all the other clinical pieces yeah. in place. Um, it just, it just naturally vibed with me and what I understand of the nervous system Yeah, much more openly. So we are treating particular things, Aaron. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there, there are a couple of like clinical pearl type cranials that are great. Um, but I probably, so a lot of infants, um, appreciate gentle cranial work. Um, I've probably helped more pregnant mamas with terrible tailbone pain by, by massaging the hard palate. If I, you know, if I test it and it's open, it's like there, it, it came from like braces at 14, but it didn't matter until somebody is like trying to come out of the birth canal and like so it's fascinating how the body is linked and mirrored. yeah that is so, incredibly fascinating i mean i think it started with migraines and like and flat heads and infants as they came yeah. out you know they came out kind of funky looking you know it started that way but it just it goes so much deeper than that um, it's like again back to how our past informs our present yeah. right yeah. And yeah. Um, I know for me, when I received some care, in fact, I went to um, Dr. Smith. Karen. 
Oh yeah, Francis. Yeah. Uh, he was actually the first chiropractor I ever went to, probably because it was right across from the hospital where I was yeah. working, and I saw. Yeah, yeah, it's a great location. Yeah, right? and it, it was help. It was interesting, and I think it did help me. There was like this euphoria after my first adjustment, right. but I also had network chiropractic before I came to you with Johnstone, um, nice. someone up in the Northeast Kingdom. Grace, yeah, yeah. she's phenomenal, incredibly powerful. Yeah, and, really and so subtle, right? so subtle like how would you how would you define that level of power when it's that subtle because a lot of people don't get it like they don't yeah so um that type of network chiropractic um just for people listening you it she really would just be touching pressure points on my body there was no lightly, right? it was lightly there was no adjustment mm-hmm. um but my what happened this is when i was just learning about the energy and subtle bodies myself and I found that when I could sort of just relax into this experience and she'd treat several, several of us in a room at the same time, it was like magic. Like my body just started moving on its own. Like I would feel these shifts and it wasn't only happening on the table. I would be sitting at standing at the bus stop waiting for the kids and suddenly and breathing and suddenly yep. my pelvis would start to adjust a little bit. So that was incredibly powerful. And that was my first aha moment with what we call alternative or complementary medicine. Like I always thought it was really cool. And then mm-hmm. when I felt that I was like, this is incredibly powerful. Our bodies are incredibly intelligent yeah. and knowing. And yeah. Um, yeah, so. So fun. Yeah, it's yeah. it's hard to it's hard to explain that to people, especially if they're watching it for the first time. <laughs> like, yeah, what? it looks a little voodoo, I'm sure. Yeah, it totally does, but it's yeah. it's way more um, palpable than you think. But the, I think one thing. of the challenges one of the challenges with that type of modality, yeah. um, even CST probably, um, is that so many of us in this at this time in our culture are so far out of our bodies that we don't we can't even sink in, we can't connect. And that's, I think that whole voodoo thing when you're like, you gotta be kidding me. So if you watch somebody do that to someone else and then you're like, yeah, uh-huh. And then you lie down, like, are you, are you gonna be open to that? Are you already in your intellect and totally separate from your body? And yeah. so it's one of those things that I've found has definitely improved. And I, I've helped a lot of people through that kind of awakening where they, you know, some people have such a strong drive to heal and they're such old souls and they're here to do stuff. So as powerful as their intellect is, their body eventually just overrides everything. And it's like, you're, you're going to listen and here's uh-huh. what's, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. And, and then they do sink in and then they do get on the same side of the table as their body and they do reconnect and then, you know, the same team, they're like playing and negotiating and connecting instead of like, using it as a tool to like get what they're here to do in life and yeah like, and it's such a different reality it's so potent and um but i think that's one of the reasons that subtle stuff like that gets sort of laughed off is because there's we are so in our monkey minds in this culture and you know thank god for people like you who train us how to not do that <laughs> like how to how to sink into the Profit. physical yeah. because um it's, it's funny. Yeah. I wrote something the other day that I was just like, did I write that? Or did I read that somewhere? Um, <laughs> you know, letting your body guide you and like loving her and interconnecting with her, mm-hmm. but knowing that you're not the body, 
and using it as a tool to get us out of our heads and into our hearts and into our purposes. Like, I feel like that's so much of what the body, the physical body is. And it's such a gateway. And I'm so grateful to have had the last 15 years of bodywork experience, even though that experience is like, you know, traveled quite a trajectory as far as its organization, but it's, I've really, I'm grateful to have been taught so much by so many people, teachers and patients. Um, so, but yeah. Yeah, Well, so what, I mean, that must've been a pretty, like I can imagine like going in from sort of nuts and bolts to begin with, to watching people resist and people transcend in, in their healing. Right. Like that. Yeah. I know I was, um, Carolyn Mace was also someone I read a lot about anatomy of the spirit and why people mm-hmm. heal and why some people do and some people don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, you know, I'm wondering if you've seen this in your practice, but that idea that, um, yes, getting into your body, but also the, the emotional component that exists along with the physical component. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. <clears throat> Emotions are, are a big part of, I just keep coming back to this. Like emotions are energy in motion, right? Is that Joe Dispenza? I don't know who said that, but it's yeah. like, I'm like, oh yes. Yeah. Um, and, and where I am now, where I'm existing now, as a practitioner is very much in the energy body mm-hmm. and it has been for a while, but um, you know, I, I meet people where they are. Yeah. So if they're, if they're in their minds, great, you know, we can, we can work with that. If they're in their bodies, great. We can party here, you know, but if they're already like in the energy body and already connected and already like, they have rapport with their physicality and they're very aware of their emotions and they understand how to keep that energy clear. They're just like bumping up against a little thing. It's like, it's like you put like a little grain of sand in that pearl and like that person swings for the fences. It is, it's amazingly different between like showing up in this spectrum and what you can accomplish in what timeline and when people show up in this spectrum. Um, and comparing and contrasting. I think because my my own like awakening, I think started in my office when I think it, I guess the door opened very quietly for me working with infants because um, I do a lot of infant work, and I did right out of the right out of the gate. That was my specialty. So, and babies, you know, they can't. Your left brain can be doing all kinds of stuff, right? But if you're in fear or concern or resistance or like egoic threat as a clinician or anything like that child can't connect with you. They can't even tell you what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, They're just like a lump of squish. Like there's just this beautiful divine little being. Mm -hmm. And I found particularly after the CST started, um, it just got, it got more dense with information where, um, and that's one thing. I mean, if I could change anything about the healthcare system, there'd probably be one of the top three things that I would do is, is really, um, is, is place a CST practitioner in every pediatrician's office. Um, because I mean, I can't imagine being a traditional pediatrician. I mean, I can imagine it, but, but there's like all the diagnosis and everything, they have all these tools, right? Yeah. But, but there's very little manual, certainly rapport, 
because there's a whole way that you can communicate when you touch a physical body and you can feel the tension and you can feel where the tension is and you can help it unwind very gently. Like all it needs is for you to hold it and it will unwind because babies are magical, brilliant beings. Um, but it's so powerful for newborns, especially traumatized. Like I've seen a lot of traumatic birth patients and um, I just had to shut my brain off. And every time I did, like it blew my mind what the child accomplished in such a short period of time. And wow. I just, I remember just looking around the room feeling humbled and like honored to have even been there. You know, like wow. so, so obviously not me. <laughs> like I was just like, wow. So every time I shut my brain, like, of course you do all this stuff, you do the intake, you have like your differentials yeah. in the back of your mind, and then you just be present, which is very much in alignment with what you do. Right. And then it's like you connect and they feel connected and they feel seen and heard and they tell you what's up and then you unwind it and it's great. And I'm like, yeah, wow. but I knew, I knew that stuff. That was kind of how the door opened, but I couldn't allow my brain to like even really think about that. Yeah. And then, and then one day, which really freaked me out. I was working on an adult male patient and I actually heard a voice in my ear. <laughs> he had a frozen left shoulder, which is not, it's not that rare, but it's pretty rare in a man. Mm. And boy, this thing was not budging. And I was going about, you know, the good old kinesiologic stuff, which is normally very effective. And this was not doing anything. And I remember thinking, what the heck? So I just put my hands on his shoulder and I sunk in like I would with an infant. And I hear these words, I hear angry, 16, you know, or yeah. 17, whatever, I can't remember. And I remember looking, this guy was, was in his left brain, like, Full, very high functioning executive guy. And uh, which doesn't mean he wasn't emotionally literate, but like, I just remember thinking, is this okay? I don't really know. So I randomly asked him, I was like, I didn't get a red light or anything. So I was like, all right. So why were you angry when you were 16? Oh. Or what, you know, what made you so angry? And he looked at me, he was eyes closed. He opened his eyes and he looked at me and then he shut his eyes and he sort of like thought about it for a second. And he was like, well, he had injured his shoulder in the semifinal uh, football match. Mm. And down in the South, football is like, is high school football is like. Yeah. And they lost their senior championship, state championships in part because he wasn't in the lineup because the mm. shoulder had been separated and like there was no way. And he like, as he told me the story, I felt the shoulder completely shift wow. and totally like melt. Wow. And he sat up because he felt it too, even though he didn't really know, mm -hmm. but he sat up and he lifted his arm up and like raised it straight to the sky. And he looked at me and he was like, what the hell was that? And I had nothing to say, right? I was just like, I don't know, but it seemed to work. Like that it makes <laughs> a job, you know, like, I just made a joke and like deflected it. You yeah. know? He was already like a big fan, but that was a serious departure from normal protocol. And, um, and when he left, I immediately was like, Oh geez, I need, I need a teacher. I need a coach. I need to figure out what the heck is going on. Cause like, I can't, I don't have the training to like handle this feedback and feel like I'm doing it in integrity. I have mm. no measuring stick, you know? Right. And I, felt, yeah. I felt like I really, I owed it to my patients to figure out what was happening with me <laughs> and, and to figure out how to use it. Um, yeah. So yeah, I remember, I remember, being told by somebody that I needed uh, intuitive coaching. And I remember thinking, I think I actually laughed. I was like, yeah, 
yeah, I'll go right down to the intuitive coaching course, <laughs> the little, the lab downtown. Yeah, um, but I remember going to sleep that weekend and, and asking, just, I sent out a message and I was like, Hey, I don't know who's out there, but if you could hook me up with an intuitive coach, that would be lovely. And Monday morning with the mail, my, my uh, first office manager set the mail on my desk in front of me. And on top was the only flyer my teacher ever put out. And it was um, Gwyneth Flack, intuitive coach. (laughs) Um, And I remember just like getting all those goosebumps and thinking, what? And God, I think it's 11, 12 years now. I've been training with she and her partner, teaching partner, Gail Myers, who's an MD, DO, board certified integrative medicine specialist. So there's so many healthcare practitioners coming through this program. Um, they, They founded the Intuitive Awareness Center up in Fairfax. And that's sort of, that was a big part of my um, sort of the container that I was able to build for the gifts that I had no, uh, I had nowhere to put those. I had no facility with those. And I really wanted it. I was like, I'm not willing to just willy nilly hear voices in my head. And like, yeah. Just, you know, I was like, no, 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 I need, I need some, some training. So yeah, I've been training for quite a long time and um, I just, you know, the rabbit hole goes deeper and deeper. So that's yeah. sort of, that's what started that baby's that guy's shoulder. And then here I am. <laughs> that is such a great story. Thank you for sharing that. And Absolutely. I mean, I definitely feel that um, come through you when I'm in your care and I also can appreciate having come myself through the medical, you know, traditional Western medical right. model and um, really, and I, I too stepped away more because I didn't ever physically step away. I kept working, but I knew it wasn't quite like something was missing. Like we were doing the work, but people were still not empowered about their health and not really healing the way they should. And then I learned, uh, you know, I went back to school for wellness and alternative medicine, or I took a course on it. And that was just like all this new world opened up to me, which again, same as you, I didn't know what to do with it, but boy, right. it gave me hope. It gave right. me, a, 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 opened a whole new, and then I just wanted to like shout about it because I was like, do, do people know and we're not doing this? But I think there's this evolution of self that you came through the door of. And I have also um, that is not just about the left brain. It's not just about the statistics and the protocols and, you know, the, the way we traditionally learn about health and healing. Right. It's, it involves feeling or becoming a vessel of healing. But when you first begin to notice that which doesn't fit in the original container, you know, after you do X, Y, and Z and you have an 85% recovery rate or whatever it is, but then you put in this, like, um, I don't even know the word to use. Um, this other component that you've just explained, which is when you, you just, you step just a little bit deeper into a well that you've never been into before that connects us as human beings Right. And you realize that you are a vessel just to hold space. You know, that's the other thing that I think was really hard for me is there was no, and I'm sure it still is, is there's no grasping onto anything in particular. There's an allowing that has to happen. Yeah. 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 And our schooling, we, we, um, 
there's a there's a greeting that you can do that's not there's no words or anything um but it's just it's it's like the the spiritual version of namaste which of yeah. course is a very spiritual greeting but but you're not actually um acknowledging anything visually necessarily but on a spirit level you send a hello to that person's spirit and it's that same i see you i see you you know mm-hmm. and and it's a hello it's just a greeting mm-hmm. i see you as a spirit in a body and when you do that to a hyperactive child or someone in crisis they suddenly it's like that space that you're talking about it's just the acknowledgement of that yeah it's like there's so many healers i think god most of us must go through that phase where it's like no we can heal this i'll take that stuff and i'll take this poop and i can you know and you do that forever and these are not just people in the healing fields like your accountant can do this your hairstylist like they do that all the time you know but eventually like your body is just like yo this is not sustainable you can't keep doing this And, and you end up learning that it's actually not about that it's actually about the acknowledging and the space because all of the permission and allowing in the world to be exactly where they are is present in that space when you show up unconditionally and the healing that can take place there. And it's not about like, you know, no, I got to think positive. I just got a cancer diagnosis. Like not that there's anything funny about getting a cancer diagnosis, but of course, assuming the diagnosis was correct, your power lies in, accepting in that moment the diagnosis and then empowering yourself to do whatever it is that you're aligned to do. It's not about resisting the diagnosis and or deflecting it or denying it or going, you know, it's acceptance is, is where the power starts. And that's one of those things that Eckhart Tolle, I banged my head against the wall for years on that one. I was like, what is it? What is, what does he call it? He calls it, um, it's not inspired action. Surrendered, surrendered action. I think that's maybe his term. Mm. Correct me if you if you remember. I don't. I was like, but it sounds how right. can you write surrendered action? Like surrendering is like non action. Yeah. But his whole point was that you had to start in the real, because if you don't start in what's real, whatever you know, we can go down the rabbit hole on that very word. Yeah. Um, but but that's where your power is and moving forward from that place, as opposed to being in resistance to what is. And, you know, the the longer I'm in this crazy playing field, the the more I'm understanding that resistance is really where all the suffering is. Mm -hmm. That's that's where we're just making work for ourselves more and more and more. And the more we can learn to like, where, where am I resisting whatever it is that I'm resisting and why? And the more you can tune into those emotions and figure out what is that energy about? Where am I? Am I like four years old right now being beat up in the playground or like, did my dad just leave and my mom's crying and I don't know why, but I never see him again. Like, you know, what, what is that emotion? Where is that whole pattern grounded? And then, you know, but it's very much about, acknowledgement the namaste that presence thinking into that connection most of the healing is there it's in the space yeah if you can just sink into it and that's you know my left intellectual brain is just horrified how simple that actually is Uh, and the deeper you get into it it's just like oh how many years did i spend just like on the hamster wheel looking for the next thing you know 
And but it is beautiful. It is beautiful. Absolutely. Even yeah. to hear you talk about it has a beautifulness to it, mm. a softness and a gentleness that we need when it comes to nurturing and healing. You oh, know, yeah. it's so big. And, and amusement then, too. If you're if you're in like a real poop storm, like a real healing crisis, yeah, amusement's got to be in there. Amusement, it's, yeah. You got to figure out some way to laugh at the absurdity of some of the stuff. Yeah. Particularly during this COVID year. Good lord. I mean, talk about resistance, right? Yeah. Wow. Well, that's um, where we have, I think, um, our choice, right? Our, yeah. Our choice. Our choice, and and I do think this. There's an element of trust that just has to be cultivated and given into. And that's for me, I, I had to really work hard to allow that myself, that allowing. Yeah. The allowing for the trust you mean? Yeah. Just to even um, follow my intuition or follow those hits that you get when you're with someone, be it a patient or a person in your life. Mm-hmm. and and just allow it to come forward like you did sort of like what happened when you were 17 and you know I even do it when I'm doing um I do injections into joints and sometimes there's so much resistance and and if I have people just take a deep breath in mm-hmm. and out suddenly the flow just happens so our yeah. bodies just hold yeah. on when they feel threatened in any way and totally. if, and I think just if any of you haven't experienced this Sometimes we don't know what the emotion is. Maybe we're just feeling like we're raging or we're angry. But I think um, what Aaron's talking about, and and I know I've experienced is if I can drop out of my head and into my body and feel where that pain is present or that discomfort and breathe into that and just listen, you know, the stories will continue, but see if you can quiet them down for a minute and just ask that, like, curiosity. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be just like a heaviness in your throat or, or Mm -hmm. chest, but it also can be like back pain, you know, or hip pain. Oh yeah. There can, it's, that's not, I don't think we're not saying that there's structurally, there are things wrong at times for sure. Oh, absolutely. But what I, I began to appreciate is there's, the place for all of it, it's this, this integration of both that, that really is the key to health, you know, yeah. to think that yeah. we work in a medical model and it's changing some, but that doesn't look at nutrition as like the foundation for health, you know, not even close. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like really putting this wholeness together. And I know, um, I don't know, as I began to put all the pieces together, I know that just gets me excited more and more about the potential we all have to live this most beautiful life. But I do think there's a part of an understanding that we are in these human bodies, we're souls moving through this journey. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And that there's a whole unseen piece. There really is. I think at this point, I, I understand that yeah, I'll share. I, I crashed my car a couple months ago, but this is like an, the story is an illustration that I have come to understand that something has been in the energy body, you know, the measurable aura. We have all kinds of cool technology now that can like measure people's like energy fields, right? Yeah. Um, which is so neat. There was an aura photographer at some like new age hippie thing that I walked through the other uh, few years ago to see a friend of mine. And I was like, oh, that sounds fun. And I just come from a class with Gwyneth and Gail. And, and 
you couldn't even see me in the photo. There was, there was just so much light and, uh, and the photographer like pulled it out and was like flapping it, like getting ready her spiel, you know, and then she looked at the thing and almost dropped the card. I think you could see my left eye was the only thing you could see. And I was like, Oh, that's so cool. And like, I wasn't like all ego about it. Cause I knew I'd literally just come from class. Like we just spent two and a half hours in this amazing energy and like updated all this karma and like did all this stuff and cleared everything like rebooted. I knew I didn't look like that on Wednesday, but, but that I'm, that I'm coming along, you know, I was like, yeah. Oh, what a fun validation that is. But she, she was like, what the hell? Oh, yeah. But, but I was um, like just learning how to, that, that energy is present in your energy body long before it shows up in your physical body. Mm. And, and I, I don't really know how else to say that, but, but it is very real. (laughs) I've I've known it personally and and professionally for a long time. And the other day um, I, I crashed my car, um, drove off the road for like the first time ever in my life. And later I had turned my gaze for a split second to, uh, to take care of my dog because um, he was all covered in snowballs and was in the torpedo zone. And I kept asking him to move back. And then I just reached back and just gave him a little shove because I suddenly felt this huge like surge of not wow. panic or anything, but like urgency. Like wow. I heard the words for the, like, I don't know. I don't hear a lot, honestly, but, but when I do, I know it's stinking important. Yeah. And I heard protect the dog. And I like reached back and gave him a shove. And when I looked back, my car was off the road and I was in the ditch at 40 miles an hour. And I remember being like, I guess I drove off the road. Um, And I had an intuitive, a wonderful intuitive um, look at it for me um, later. And she, she was like, wait, what happened? I was like, I think I drove off the road. And she was like, wait, 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 give me a second. And she, we're going to talk about like energy hygiene in a second, because I teach people how to care for their energy hygiene in their body, right? So that they can heal and, and yeah. stay healthy. Yeah. Um, and, and ironically, <laughs> she's on the phone, she's quiet for a while. And she's like, good gracious, Aaron, when was the last time you cleared the energy in your car? And I, I thought about it. And I just had this like terribly embarrassed moment where I just kind of put my face in my hands and was like, Oh my God, I can't even remember the last time I cleared the energy in my car. Like, and that doesn't look like, you know, sage necessarily, you know, like that, like we have lots of tools, how to do that. It's way simpler than like less woo woo than it sounds. But I was just like, Oh my God, like, how could I neglect something like that? Like it took her like three minutes to move enough energy that she could even see the car and wow. like get a look at what happened. Yeah. And she told me that my, um, my car actually malfunctioned. She's like, something happened with your wheels. Did somebody just do work on your wheels? And I was like, yeah. and my, and then I went like into cold sweats. I was like, yeah, they just replaced like both my, what was it called? What is the steering unit on your tires? <laughs> Not I don't the know. rods, not the wheel bearings. So both of them had just been replaced. And ah. she's, she said that that was one of my guides or something telling me that we were about to hit a tree. It had nothing to do with what I did. And if we had hit it with him there, he would have died. Oh my goodness. So I was responding to my guidance, my intuition. Yeah. I wasn't driving the car off the road. I don't know how many, I mean, for 20 years, I've had dogs in the back seat. I've reached into the back seat. I have never driven off the road. I yeah. remember thinking, but this doesn't make any sense. And here, 
there is a vehicle that like drives me around all day that like, you know, for years, I had that car for like six, seven, eight years. And like in all kinds of crazy storms and all kinds of stuff. And like, and I didn't, I didn't respect it in a way that I know, right. Mm-hmm. I know, I know how to do that. And I didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she just got all bogged down on top of everything else. And, and there it was. So like mm-hmm. energy body is, is a very real thing. So yeah. Um, it was very funny. She's like, this is so weird that you teach people how to do this for their physical bodies all day, but you like forget your car. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> like, I remember just apologizing to my outback. I was like, oh, well, it but is now true. I have this, you know, now I have this wonderful new car and I'm so excited and I take yeah. such good care of it. And I have so much enthusiasm and gratitude for that. And it's just funny, you know, it's just like, oh my God. Well, we don't but, always, I kind of, feel like you did a deep dive on that and you have resources to do it. Right. I do. Um, but I do feel like things happen for a reason often. Very much. Very yeah. Much. Or, um, yeah. Cause we're sort of here. Like, I think we're sort of all here for a reason and it's kind of our journey to figure okay. that out. And when we keep That's getting true. off course, the universe will get adjusted. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Adjustments. We will get a course adjusted. And so paying attention to those things yeah. and, even I think to some people like clearing the energy in your car might sound a little crazy. Yep. I think um, just, you know, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. but I think it's about being intentional and being grateful and um, which is what you're saying. Like we jump totally in our cars and we go the all these yeah. things that we do yeah. every day. We don't appreciate, we we're not present. Yeah. And, like, and I remember as I was clearing out the car, this obviously also this crash, I hit a tree at 40 miles an hour, dead mm. center. Yeah. And Griff and I walked away. Yeah. I, I had like a minor bump on my knee. Like we yeah. like walked out of there and we're fine. Didn't need any care. Didn't, of course I got care anyway, but you know what I mean? Yeah. And I remember as I was clearing out the car, I had like black tourmaline and a couple of chunks of like good protective crystals in the car. Cause like, uh, that's all I knew at the time. And yeah. And, and I remember being like, what the heck guys, you know? And, yeah. and then I realized they totally did their job. <laughs> like we yeah. totally, cause you, it really is about intention. It's about very intention much about, and... like, you don't need any, any special, you know, crazy. Yeah. Technique. I, I, I think there's just this sacredness in life. And when we're all seeking happiness. Yeah. Joy. Um, yeah. Connection. Yeah, you know, joyful moments, we know we're going to have the struggles, but, um, and we look in ways that are unsuccessful in this material world, really. And mm-hmm. even these little practices, like you're suggesting, we begin to see really the intimate way we can be with life so that we can see just these drops in every moment that are around us. Yeah, quite honestly, you know, it's a, a lot about our mindset. It's a lot about being present with what is though, just to discover mm-hmm. in that stillness or else we get stopped in our tracks to do that. Like yeah. you did, right? Yeah. I equate my back pain that I sometimes knocks me down at times. It's like, I'm, I'm moving, to, I'm doing too much. I'm moving too fast. So stop, right. get still, remember what's important. Remember mm-hmm. how to take care of yourself. You know, in this energy clearing, which I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about what that looks like. That's just another tool and a beautiful oh, one. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I love, um, oh, that's funny. I actually have some here. Like Luna Roma makes a great white sage and sweetgrass hydrocell. Yeah. 
And when I don't have time for like anything else, I'll just run around. It's so good. It's just yeah. smells so divine. But it's like, it's about the intention, right? It's, yeah. it's not just about the power of the herbs. Um, so yeah, it's, it's interesting. When I had my midlife crisis back in the day, I was starting to really wake up to my intuition. And I was starting to, I think I just remember feeling dread actually. It's funny. I was very happily married, I thought, in Huntington, Vermont. And um, I was pretty happily married, of course. Um, I've had two wonderful husbands who've been great teachers for me. Um, and yeah, I just remember thinking, uh, you know, I just talk about resistance. I didn't even know what I was resisting yet, but it was, yeah. I could tell it was huge. And I had no intention of going quietly like it's just like no I like my life I like my husband I want my blah 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 yeah and I remember one day getting such a clear direction to stay home and rest it was a Saturday mm -hmm. and I remember being like no I'm gonna go help some friends because I told them I was going to and we're all gonna go and we're gonna help them with some dear friends of ours were selling their house and they had this like big yard cleanup day and like 12 of us were descending on their house and we were gonna take care of like a ton of stuff. And we were moving lumber, we were burning brush, like all kinds of stuff. And I wanted to be there, yeah. you know? And um, so I, I choose deliberately against my intuitive guidance, which at that point, was pretty clear. Like I didn't really know what was going on, but it was a clear message. And um, I think I got my period that morning as well, which was like take two. That was like, no, you really need to <laughs> wrap. Like your body's like on our side, <laughs> you know, yeah. you need to. And I was like, meh, 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 meh. so I go and I remember my husband is a brilliant um, craftsman and builder. And we had this amazing roof rack on the truck and we were moving all this lumber. And I get out of the truck, he's on the roof rack. And somehow a 14 foot stack of one by fours drops on my head as I oh. get out of the truck. And he is very careful and yeah. very smart. And I remember I looked up and I was like, what the hell? Blah, blah, blah. And he was so confused. Like he was actually shocked. Like he actually, he was just like, he didn't even apologize quickly because he was so confused. Oh. He didn't understand what had happened. And, and then he recovered and he was like, oh my God, I'm so, I, I don't under what, what, you know, and I was, I just like, I was already in resistance. I just got more angry, you know, and went into the barn with like one stack of lumber on one shoulder and my hand and my hair doing the cranial work on my head while I was going. Cause I was just like, ma, 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 I'm going to do this. I don't care. Blah, blah, blah. But it's like, I don't know what happened. I don't know how that stack like jumped the rail and like fell on my cranium, you know? Yeah. But it still, it just felt like a, a much more clear no, this isn't about, this isn't up for negotiation. You know, mm. we love you. We've asked. Yeah. And we're asking like louder. <laughs> and I remember resisting more. And mm -hmm. then I, I was in the backyard with them, with my best friend. And you know, when you're breaking brush and you stomp, you put it up on a rock and you like stomp really hard on the tree trunk yeah. and you break it. The branch, it's not a tree trunk. And um, <laughs> I got I one particularly really hard one that I failed at twice. And I, you know, I was... 185 easily at the time and I knew how to throw my weight around and I was still failing I was like damn this is a good one and I have my arm out because sometimes a stick will come back and get you yeah so I've got my braced arm out and somehow the thing spun on the third try and it fulcrumed perfectly around my arm didn't even touch it and it hit me in the ear 
on the end, the mm -hmm. end of this like two and a half inch, three foot piece of wood, like a baseball bat, just like poof, really smoked me in the ear. And my head moved really quickly. <laughs> and I, I just kept moving, like nothing happened. Like mm -hmm. I was not going to let this happen, yeah. you know? And my best friend who was an EMT, she was the only one who saw it out of all the people in the yard. And she came over and she was like, stop, no, you stop. You sit down for five seconds, let me look at that. And she was like, okay, we have blood, but we don't have fluid. Um, I was like, honey, I gotta get up. I have to move her. I swear, I'm only gonna pick up small sticks. Cause I, at that point it was so clear that I was like energetically toxic. I was afraid to touch anybody. Like I never would have gone to work like that, like ever. Yeah. <laughs> I was just in my own poop storm. Yeah. And she was like, okay, only small sticks. So I'm like walking around with these little twigs, like, cause I can't stop. I'm, a, yeah. I'm going to fall apart and I know yeah. I'm going to fall apart. And I'm just like, I can't do this. I can't do any of this. And I remember petting her dog at the edge of the clearing and, and the tears started to come then. Mm. And she came over and she just put her hand on my shoulder and I was like, honey, I need to go for a walk. And she was like, well, you know, being the EMT, she's like, you just took quite a blow to the head. Um, could you maybe walk straight in that direction? And if you don't come back, I'll, I'll have some idea where you are. And I was like, okay, yep. I'll walk, you know, <laughs> and I did that. And it was amazing. As soon as I turned my back on all the effort back there that I was, whatever I was attached to or end resisting. Um, I just, I felt like I was completely born again. I had this grief wash over me that I can't describe that didn't even make any sense yet. Cause I wasn't even grieving anything. I had no awareness of what was coming. I just, on some level, I knew what was coming, but I had no intellectual understanding yet. And I just lost it. And I'm somehow ambulating in the woods while I am bawling my face off, like on a gut level, like, mm -hmm. and then I'm like, why do I have to go this way? I don't know. And I go this way. And then I reach this like 10 foot by 30 foot vertical rock granite wall with a tree that looks like it belongs in Phnom Penh, but it's like in the backwoods of Vermont and Jericho. Yeah. And I'm like, why do I have to go up there? I don't know. Okay. So I crawl up the roots of the tree and in the top of this rock is this like seven foot by two foot perfect vaginal opening in the rock. And it's lined with moss and leaves. Oh my and I just like fell into it. It's like it was carved for my body. Mm. And I, felt like the whole planet was holding me while I just grieved and I was grieving stuff I didn't know yet yeah. and I remember just being like like I felt all my guides with me for the first time like I could feel them all there and there was so much love and there was so much like sort of tisk tisk like why did you make that so hard like why would you do that <laughs> like wow. nobody wants to do that like that was impressive resistance you know like wow. but you're never gonna win like your soul came here to do x and you you know what i mean and there was, so I, was I was amazed with, with the power of it but also the benevolence you know because i was physically getting my ass kicked yeah my yeah like i yeah. was just being rendered as, as someone who has always been a very physical person, athlete or not, like, yeah. and I, it was not okay. Like I was getting spanked in a big way. And to feel that level of benevolence in the presence of that much of an ass kicking was like an irony that I'll never forget. And it was so welcome, you know, but when that's- When you finally gave into it. When I gave into it. Yeah. When I surrendered, when yeah. I allowed. <laughs> 
but oh, but it's well, one of those things one of those things that I help people do before mm-hmm. they get their ass kicked you mm-hmm. know there's a knee injury whoops you slipped and fell down the stairs like where were you when that happened mm-hmm. how can we like let's not get you to the point where you're getting your ass kicked and like really helping people understand that that everything does happen for a reason and that we are in constant communication with our bodies, even if we're ignoring everything that they're saying, like they are communicating with us. And it's, it's always a loving, benevolent potentiality space, you know? And, and it's one of those, one of those realities that I really, I don't, I don't work to have people get there. I always, I'm just like holding the door open and like, you know, there's really good music inside and we're going to groove and it doesn't have to be hard because a lot of us come out of the womb, like knowing that we're here to suffer. That's just what we know in our, you know, that's everything's going to be hard work. And it's like, yeah, but it doesn't have to be, (laughs) you know, know, when you're in the flow, when When you're you're in alignment, yeah, then work, work isn't really hard. It's not hard at all. Uh It becomes, it becomes, of course, like, yeah, this is, this is where we're at. And it's such a beautiful, I just, you know, I, I decided that day that I will never, ever <laughs> um, resist my guidance again. Mm. And, and I haven't, I've maybe delayed it slightly, <laughs> but um, I remember every now and then I'll almost stub my toe or I'll graze my head. Like, you know how you like miss a cabinet door, but you feel it in your hair. And I'm always like, whoo, where was I just talk about being mindful. Right. And then I'm like, just kidding. Sorry about that. I'm here and now everything's cool, you know, and I reground and like, I'm fine. But, but I, you know, I I definitely get those warning shots, Yeah. but I, I have not been, you know, I haven't had any drubbings since that day, which was a long time ago. Well, that was, I mean, before any of your intuitive tools class, I mean, that was, was that yeah. your first real um, knowing? I, I would say so. I yeah. can't remember where the shoulder fit in. Yeah. And, and babies definitely led that. They were before that. But um, yeah, that was definitely... I think it had been brewing for a few months, whatever it was that I was resisting that I didn't know, but I could smell it was a big change. Mm. And I, you know, I ended up living in the woods by myself for a year and a half and a year following that. I was just like, oh, I'm on the wrong track completely. Mm. Ah, You know, like I'm living the wrong life. I don't, not the wrong, you know what I mean? Like it's not about judgment, but I thought I could see my, my life all the way to my death. Like I knew exactly what I was here to do. I knew who I was with. I knew the kids I was going to have. I was, you know, all this stuff was very clear. And then I sort of snapped awake and was like, oh my God, this isn't what I'm here to do Mm. at all. Mm. Oh, geez. What does that mean? You know, and I spent a year and a half alone in the woods finding out. (laughs) But I, you know, when you have big downloads like that, you need space. And that's one of the things that we don't give ourselves, man. Busy moms being like some of the worst offenders. Yeah. You know, if you're working and you're holding space for a family and you're getting downloads of, of some kind, you know, from your body or otherwise, really carving out, you know, even half an hour at a time when you're sitting on the pot to be like, okay, what does this mean? Like, I, I am welcoming any clarity, any images, any intuition that I'm having. I'm actually just going to create a space and I'm going to be curious and see 
And we're just not doing that. We just keep churning. Yeah. And it's really, you know, not everybody needs a year off of sticking woods, you know. It's, it, it, it can be very, it would be lovely, but it doesn't have to be that, that yeah. so, so. Well, even Erin, if you could maybe talk about what those moments of grounding could look like for people. Is it dropping yeah, meditation or what is yeah. that? Yeah, I think I think if meditation, if you feel grounded after meditation, great. If you get into your body with meditation, great. I think walking meditations are wonderful. Mm -hmm. A lot of people, like you've been a meditation teacher. How long have you been teaching meditation? Well, I, a while, yeah. A while. Like, you know, there, there are all kinds of people, right? And there are all kinds yeah. of levels of cerebralness. Yeah. Where we just like cycle around up here. A seated meditation is not for everyone. No, yeah. Some some people are so in their minds that they just they're just wrestling the mind the entire time yeah. that they're meditating. Yeah. Um, and for those people, I just rather give their mind something to distract on. Like yeah. And ambulate on something rocky, but you have to walk slow and you have to breathe. And yeah. like that can do it. I mean, I used to in those times where I was up in the year and my whole life was like upside down and I was trying to figure out you know, where North was, I remember actually hugging trees and laughing because I must have looked ridiculous. I mean, I was never around anybody, but I remember thinking, I get why people did this. <laughs> I totally understand. Cause like, I mean, I was holding on to rocks and mud and like anything that could ground me. I didn't go near a boat or the water for a year and a half. Cause I knew I couldn't, I couldn't stay grounded just doing what I was doing. I sure as heck wasn't going to be on the wind in the water. Yeah. Um, so for you, depending where you are in life and what your, you know, what your responsibilities are, and please be careful to discern what your responsibilities truly are. It's one of the one of the great space makers in that's accessible to all of us. How much are you doing that isn't actually yours to do? And how much, you know, would you be empowering other people by delegating and or declining? Declining is the most wonderful thing. And most women don't know how to do that. Um, so I would say any, you know, men, women, kids, anyone, something that brings you into your body and helps you relax is going to be grounding and clearing. If you can do it in the presence of water and still feel grounded, great. Water is a wonderful clearing element. It's really, really helpful. Um, I think it's one of the reasons that things like CrossFit and a lot of extreme sports way before that are so popular is because you get driven into your body very deeply. You mm -hmm. have all these heightened states of awareness because you can't, like it might actually mean your life or your limbs. If you, if you are up in your mind somewhere else, you have to actually be in your body. Yeah. Um, but, but the goal for grounding and clearing is very much non-stress. So mm -hmm. similar vehicle, but completely different vibration. So anything, if you're sitting outside in your porch, if you go for a walk in the woods in the morning, if you need grounding and clearing, venting with a girlfriend for an hour and a half back and forth might not actually do it. So if you're going to do a walking meditation, either by yourself or with someone who has a similar intention, mm -hmm. being with your animals, God, animals do that so well for us. Mm -hmm. And making sure we're hydrated and regular is, is also really big. I would say probably sunlight. Yeah. Moving meditation and water, probably like the biggest pieces. It's just, it's really, like you said, it's all about the intention. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. I do no think that flow, which water brings and being regular, yeah. as you said, like yep. we get constipated in our body. 
it's more than just our stool that's getting it's out. so much more it's, it's so, so much, much more. Yeah. So, you know, this is where I like smoothies, soups, juices, like even if you do a day of that to clear yourself out, yep. it has, yep. um, that's the nutritional piece of like using food in a way to really serve you and your health and well-being. Yep. And part of it yep. is just to create this flow and lack of congestion because exactly it's Take so it necessary to get go. clear to, to hear those intu intuitive hits. So, um, Aaron, Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe what you're suggesting is really um, this grounding, and then it may or not may not happen during the grounding that you hear or feel or become in tune to the messaging. But you're really cultivating your garden, your soil, yeah. so that yeah. when that comes in, you know, again, this is where mindfulness to me is a tool to be present and pay attention. You don't miss it. But yep. follow your gut. I mean, that's what it's all about. And yeah. Um, and if you don't know what that feels like, because you haven't felt your gut in forever. Yeah. The first thing to do is laugh about it because like you, you must be so far up here or out of your body completely. Like, like in the monkey mind or just gone completely. And, yeah. and most of us are in this culture. Like it's not, I'm not being pessimistic at all. I'm not, there's not there's just a lot of things pulling at our attention. There's so uh, much. Honor so yourself to know that your attention's getting exactly. hijacked and bring it laugh back. about it and then come yeah. back, you know? Yeah. So yeah, just being, just being still. Yeah. And if you can't be still without the monkey mind, then you just go for a slow walk mm -hmm. or like a slow paddle or a slow something. Um, brush your teeth slow helpful. or totally you know, wash your dishes slow. Just mm -hmm. even everyday stuff, just drop in and dishes. feel it. Feel yeah. it and be with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how when people start to do that, I mean, particularly parents, right? They get immediate feedback. Yeah. The kids are suddenly like, wait a minute, what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> you know, mom's not reacting the same way or, or dad's not like, oh. he's got a different look on his face. Like, what yeah. is that about? It's it just really fun. fun. It's fun. It allows us to be the best version of ourselves, the truest yeah. version of ourselves. And yeah. in order to set those boundaries um, that you talked about, those little love fences, you know, it takes, this is the journey to doing that, to yeah. understanding what you need that fuels you and what drains you. And yeah. yeah. And everybody's a little bit different, you know? Yeah. I think it's a lot of the work that I do with people now is, it's sort of an amalgamation of, um, you know, ergonomic well-being and boundaries yeah. and nutritional work and mentally, emotional, energetic stuff, neurological stuff. Yeah. Um, how, you know, what's your history? What's your current status? And where do you want to go? And how do we, how many tools can we employ so that you can get there with, you know, um, ease? So... So first we have to even be able to imagine ease with that outcome, which is usually where we start working. Um, but there's so much there just with energetic and emotional boundaries. And then, and then, then suddenly, Oh my gosh, I have this space to like breathe and be myself and be authentic. And, yeah. Oh, and then everything gets easier. Like the work, yeah. like you said, not work. You're just like, oh, I, this, uh, is, this is my authentic way of being. I do want to go back to the resistance piece because, yeah, yeah. Um, and first of all, say it takes a lot of courage to move through that and do what you've done because there's fear associated with stepping into that resistance. 
Yeah. But also I think sometimes we spend our life just looking for the, the obvious good and moving towards that. Um, and I think I've begun to realize that those edges, those pain points, those resistance, those are our, those are our clues, and it's nice to notice them before you get hit over the head with. Oh, them. amen. But yeah. you will get hit over the head with it if you don't begin to notice the discomfort. Yeah. yeah, that you're feeling, um, and begin to be curious. Like you said, you just it's an awareness, and then it's a curiosity about it. Yeah. Yeah. Not very much. So the the resistance and pain is a great one. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know all kinds of dysfunction as well. You know, pain is a super easy one. So if you, if you are feeling that, you know, could it be as simple as like getting off your laptop or getting onto it like a proper desktop, Mm. which creates a totally different posture and has a huge impact on your whole nervous system, which has a huge impact on how you respond to everything. Like, Mm. could it be something that simple? It could be, it could also be like some other thing, you know, what's that? It could be that you need to live in a yard alone for a year. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? You need to. And anywhere in <laughs> Yeah, I think I think there's so many there's so many benefits and just it's a huge gift to look at your body's signals as communication and tips as opposed to like gross inconveniences and my life is terrible and my body hates me and will never heal and I'll never be free. And like all these things that our monkey minds do with the same feedback, it's like, talk about like a judgment detox. Like, yeah, we don't actually need to know that we need to just be curious now. And, and I'm going to choose to be in a relationship with my body instead of, you know, an adversarial contentious divorce relationship with my body. Um, proving that I don't need it and that it's its job to serve me kind of thing like it's just such a funny thing that, that has become unconsciously kind of a subtext of culture yeah. and um yeah. and it doesn't need to be that way it's like one of the things that's really helpful for me when I'm working with parents is that they're parents <laughs> so so like all of your self-care and the more intentional and self-compassionate you are with your habits and all like, all of the things that you do you are modeling all of that stuff for your young people mm-hmm. and you're helping them understand that they're worth this time and this investment, this intention, this curiosity, and that they don't, you know, we're wondering why our kids have anxiety in, you know, I mean, high school is a nightmare of a place in the best of times, but you know what I mean? There's, there's yeah. so many reasons. Um, and a lot of them is because we just don't stop and give ourselves time. So everybody puts way too much importance on all the silly stuff. And it's like, yeah. If you, if you get to model that, yeah, because they watch you, right? They don't listen like they watch. They am, watch. I, am I right in this? Yeah. You are absolutely right in that. And it's such a, the pandemic has given us an opportunity to really model, um, make right. choices. And we have space right. to reset our dials and to decide. Right. Um, and, they, and to see from us how we deal with this uncertain, uncertain times. Yeah. Very much. Yeah. 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 yeah that's wow. beautiful. So many really great things. So take us um, to today and what you're up to. Like, so you've, you obviously have carried all of this into the work that you're doing. And yeah, um, yeah. I'm, I'm still practicing um, sort of part-time. I have like four shifts a week at my office in Richmond and I'm still doing 
<laughs> some some unique blend of chiropractic, applied kinesiology, functional neurology, nutrition, movement therapy, um, energy work. And I'm mostly a cash practice now um, because I just found that there's no there's no way to get reimbursed for the work that I do without blowing my mind with paperwork and got to charge you for this because that's not covered here. Maybe not for that diagnosis, you know, like I just, I couldn't do it anymore. Um, so I just really treat people holistically and I don't, I consider it like sort of a divine, um, like I feel, I, I feel very grateful to be in that uh, relationship with a patient or a client. And I want to be fully engaged with them. I don't want to be thinking about how to whether necessity and yeah. whether or not I'm going to get yeah. paid. And I just don't, it, it brings the vibration of the encounter down to the point where I couldn't tolerate it. Um, so it's wonderful. I get to like work with people where they are. What do you want to do today, John? You know, you know, well, I got this thing going and oh, my knee's been bothering me, but really I think it's my wife and you know, whatever, you know, and we have this great conversation about yeah. relationships and which are of course like, you know, the Petri dish of all Petri dish for personal growth. And um, so I do, I do a lot of different work in the office physically. And when I'm not physically in the office, I'm doing intuitive work and, and sort of holistic coaching with people. Mm -hmm. So um, I do healing sessions over the phone from anywhere. I've worked over the whole continent and um, that's been wonderful. It's one of those really transformational um, types of uh, encounters where where I read the energy in your physical space, in your body space, and then in your karmic space as well, and really get to look at whatever, you know, event or interaction or relationship that you're feeling is really front burner. Mm. And we get to do a lot of clearing out and I get to teach people how to maintain their energy boundaries. And I always send them recordings of the calls so that they don't have to take notes or anything during the time they can just be really present. And it's amazing to just see the changes in people um, and to hear them reported at the end of those sessions. And I'm, I'm just so grateful to be able to do that work kind of from anywhere um, and to have kind of impact with people because it's really, it's really about education. It's all, it's always been about education, I think for me and um, teaching people how to clear old stuff and stuff that's not theirs and really be able to be present now and move forward intentionally. Um, it's just, there's, there's really no substitute for that. And I've, I'll always love chiropractic, but, but this I think definitely feels more in alignment with why I came here. Yeah. So, so I yeah. have received those types of readings from Gwyneth. And, nice. um, yeah. yeah. So it's the same, I think, approach that you're probably taking. And I'll just say to people listening, I've, I've been in therapy many years. Talk therapy is wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And between, uh, you know, chiropractic care, mm -hmm. especially on the subtler levels right. and th these type of readings that I've had done, which is really just, again, another way of bringing you back to yourself. Like, cause we, we intuitively know all this, um, yeah. but we need help being led home sometimes and then having the clearings to create space and letting go. It can be yeah. incredibly powerful beyond, I mean, again, there's totally a place for talk therapy. I'm doing some ED, I move, rapid eye movement. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, nice. and that's incredibly powerful, mm -hmm. but this is, um, this is healing at a whole nother level. So, yeah, it's definitely... Yeah. It, it definitely drew me when I started having sessions. I was like, yeah, 
it's and like that a window to again it's that window to this unseen world um that's ours and it just helps right. us on our path and get more clear and directed and let go of the things that aren't serving us right yeah yeah the real help over road bumps i think i had somebody last year back in canada say i think i just got a year's worth of therapy yeah Exactly. I'm totally doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, great. I love that. It's great. And you also give tools too. It's not just the reading. Yeah, the tools are the, yeah. yeah. Which is yeah, because I don't, I don't want people to feel like they want a reading every week because it's, it's a lot to, you know, there's just a yeah. lot going on. So yeah. it's like, I usually have one every couple of months, mm -hmm. but that's just the pace that feels right for me. Mm -hmm. And, um, and depending what people are going through, sometimes they want, you know, they, they might need a bit more support, but the tools are huge. Like that's yeah. the big piece. I'll often text or record like a quick 10 minute meditation after we finish a reading, I'll be like, okay, now we're going to do this. And I just walk them through the tools so they can just play that 10 minute recording and, nice. and do all the stuff, which I find is because it's really about applicability, right? If I, if we Absolutely. do something that you can't, you know, you can't implement, then that's not going to be helpful outside of that moment. So yeah. that's one of the things I'm really happy about. That's wonderful. Yeah. What a Thank gift you. upon a gift. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so, I'm so grateful. I didn't realize that you'd done some sessions with Gwyneth. And I have. Yeah. And I actually went up for a reading for some students once. Oh yeah. Place. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So I definitely am familiar with the work and the power that it holds for all of us. Right, and right, right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's an awful lot of fun. It is it's fun. Yeah. It's like, and there's there's way more amusement in it than yeah. You know, and it's really that's one of the things I learned in the woods is that like the worse it gets, and sometimes like I hold hands of people who are like you do, right? Who are really in a storm of poo, mm -hmm. and. And you just, you have to learn to laugh at it. You have to like, you know, embrace the absurd because yeah. it's like, this is hilarious actually. When you like, when you look back at this or when you like write this blog, oh my God, you know, yeah. because it, it's it literally, it helps you move energy more than any other tactic. Ah. Constantly telling patients that like, if you're not feeling, you know, you're feeling kind of stuck or you're interested, like turn on 10 minutes of Ellen on YouTube or like yeah. watch relatable or like, whatever it is, but it's, wow. it's a cheat. Yeah. It's a back door. It's a cheat yeah. into like, whew, yeah, let it go. You can pick it up again tomorrow if you want. Yeah. But otherwise it's, it's a huge tool. And I had to go to a pretty dark place to figure that out, mm. but I won't forget it. <laughs> it's not one of those things. <laughs> that point hit home. Yeah. yeah. I've heard, I've read some really interesting testimonials of people healing uh, through laughter for sure. Nice. Yeah. 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 Sometimes you have to fake it till you make it. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you burst out laughing when you're like fake laughing. Yeah. My dad, my dad, we used to do this thing as kids in birthday parties. We would play the giggle game where you would lay down on your back and you ended up sort of being a crossword yeah. where your head would be on the other person's belly and then someone's head would be on your belly and you would <laughs> all lay there like a weird, you know. But then somebody would have to laugh and they'd just be like, ha ha. I'd be like, ha ha ha. And then, and then it would slowly get so absurd. Everyone is laughing and everybody's heads are bouncing up and down. And we're all like this giant puppy pile of like, that's impossible. awesome. No, it starts, we... starts with faking. Yeah. But like, why do we just do that as kids? You know? Yeah. It's crazy. Right? I'm pretty sure my dad enjoyed it as much as anybody. But, yeah, sure. <laughs> but the other adults that. were too adulty. Yeah. I love that, Aaron. It's so fun. Thank you so much. Hey though, before we go, um, 
Erin. I always yeah. like to ask my guests if there's one like little nugget of wisdom or parting uh, words you'd like to bestow upon the audience. Um, you have so much you've shared with us, but is there any one takeaway that you wish everyone would hear? Oh man. I think the main overarching takeaway is that it doesn't have to be a slog. Mm -hmm. um, remembering that we actually are making a choice all the time and um, searching for greater ease and greater alignment and greater congruence is like, it's so worth it. Um, but I think being grounded and being um, amused are probably the two most powerful, you know, little, little nuggets every day. It's like figuring out what makes you feel grounded, what helps you experience greater degrees of calm and, and resulting power because there's intention behind your power and not reactivity. Um, whatever makes you feel that way. Um, maybe we'll submit a list of suggestions or something that will be in the show notes, but um, whatever that is, do it on the reg and, um, and make an excuse to laugh because the energy's got to move. The more stuck you're feeling, go out of your way farther to figure out how to laugh. Um, and whether it's media, YouTube, Facebook, it doesn't matter. Um, I think that Britain, the BBC has some like talking animals show that's like impossible, you know, like whatever level of absurdity you need to go to to get the energy moving. Once you get the wheel turning, you can, you can release a lot. So I think groundedness and amusement would be my, my main take home. Love it. Thank you so much for, uh, yeah, coming on and um, we'll have some links. It's Synergetic Health in Richmond is where you. Synergetic Health, yeah. My practice. new website will probably be, um, will be erinsepich.com. Yeah. .com or maybe both of those things. Will we'll be have linked. a link, but when we, when we post this, you'll, you'll be ready to go yeah, with that. Both, we'll both of those well. will be linked. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be and, so um, you know. Again, many blessings. Thank you so much. Such a gift you. to me to spend this time with you and for everyone listening. And vice versa. Thank yeah. you so much. This is Thank great. So I hope you guys enjoyed that as much as I did. I just love spending time with Erin. She's such a cool lady. So check out um, in the show notes, links to her website. And she's got a couple of them there. And, you know, she does coaching. She still does her very holistic approach to um, to care. So I think if you any of this struck a chord in you, planted a seed of curiosity, reach out to Erin. I've, I've had the privilege, and you won't be disappointed. So here we go. It's um, coming down to be about mid-June. And... I've got a couple of really great episodes coming up around gray area drinking, right? A friend of mine that sort of walked in and curious about this. And then a woman that started a program called Sober Sis that is about building a sisterhood of women curious about their drinking, that glass of wine that might have turned into two or three. And, um, yeah, just wanting to explore that a little more, get support, a less traditional approach to sober living. So look for her coming up. And uh, my friend Jill Guthrie will be on right before her. So that's the next couple weeks coming up. And I think it'll resonate with a lot of you. So be sure if you enjoyed this podcast, give us a 
rating, give us a comment. It just really helps uh, to move us in this podcast world um, as we're growing our community. I'm really incredibly grateful for all of you showing up. I'm incredibly grateful for having this platform to invite people on to share these things that are just real raw and relevant to all of us in this ever-changing world. And um, yeah, share it with a friend. Check out our website. We've had some prior people on that you might be interested in what they're up to. We've got a Facebook and an Instagram page. So check us out on all the platforms. Send us some love. I send you all some love. If you have questions, please send them. If you're someone that has something to share, please reach out to me. I'd love to hear from you. And we'll just keep this journey going together. You know, have the best day ever. Find something to celebrate. Remember the power of the plants, and we'll see you next time.